Hey everyone, welcome back to WAG Station. I am your host, Talia Oliveira. Today was a great episode. I just finished recording. I had on Miss Cindy Dunstan Quirk. <laughs> Took me a few minutes to get her name right, but we figured it out together. Um, she's amazing. We just met her for the first time at SuperZoo, the trade show in Las Vegas that we just came back from. She owns the company Scout and Zoe's. We talk all about her brand, the products that she carries. She has some new like raw ready food that we get into. And she's amazing. She is such a driven, passionate woman. Um, we've This is really only like the second time we've spoken to each other, but I had such a great conversation. And the conversation went in a kind of a different opposite direction than I initially thought it was going to, but it was such an awesome conversation. She is so insightful and thoughtful and caring, and I'm so glad that we got to connect. We will be carrying their stuff soon, so keep an eye out for that. We're very excited to be carrying some of their treats, some of the dog and the cat treats. And I think you guys are really going to love listening to her speak. She talks about the foundation, Scouting for the Cure, um, all about trying to find a cure uh, for cancer and pets. She went through, unfortunately, a few instances with her pets dying from cancer. And of course, we want to eliminate that from, from anyone that has to deal with that. It's so hard. So I appreciate her not only sharing those stories, but all the stuff and all the work that she's doing um, for the future of the pet world. And I, I know you guys are going to love this. You're going to love our products when they come into the store. Um, again, please take a second to rate and review the episode. Please share the podcast with others. We want to spread the words and uh, happy listening. As always, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wax Station. I have a very special guest and a new friend that we just met at the trade show Super Zoo. Welcome, Cindy Dunstan Quirk. How are you today? Thank you for being Thank here you. with us. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Um, it was so great meeting you. And she actually, she's a fellow Pet Boss uh, Club member. That's kind of how we got connected with Cindy. And it was so nice to, to actually meet her firsthand in Super Zoo. And we got to chat about her products, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but tell us about your history, like how you kind of came to the pet world, uh, how long you've been in the pet world. And obviously tell us about Scout and Zoe's, your uh, company as well, please. Okay. Thanks for having me today. It's good to meet you at Super Zoo, by yes. the way. But I'm... As much as I uh, love meeting people, I'm really happy to be home. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Las Vegas all that much, so I'm happy to be home. Um, Scout and Zoe started uh, actually a, a really long time ago. It's All of this kind of started when I was a child. I had puppies when I was a child. So I've always been a lifelong dog lover, and it seems like the, the pups who need you find you. And... Um, as a child, all of our puppies were fine, uh, but as an adult, all of my dogs have had issues. And this kind of came to light when uh, Zoe found us. We uh, brought her into the family when she was um, eight weeks old. And at the tender age of six months old, uh, she developed allergies. And by the time uh, we started doing things about that, then we had Scout, who also had allergies. So um, I was what I like to call in between gigs and uh, looking for solutions to uh, the work situation. And uh, little did I know she was laying at the foot of my bed. So once I started 
diving into Zoe and Scout's allergy issues, I came up with an idea of elk antler dog juice. I'm not sure where that came from, um, but I thought about it. It's like, oh, okay, I can do this. And in two weeks, I had the product created, packaged, and branded, and ready for sale. So I was driven to find yes. a solution for these dogs because they, they, they were both allergic to different things. Zoe was allergic to beef. Scout was allergic to chicken. So food time at our house was just like really horrible. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's real tough. And as they aged, um, so we came out with elk antler dog chews and we had five sizes and that we did really well with that. But then when the Chinese chicken jerky started killing a lot of dogs, Mm. Um, and making pets sick. That's when I had my line in the sand moment and said, okay, I thought about doing treats and now I'm going to. And um, they did so well that later that year, we started diving into venison and kangaroo and really unusual or exotic proteins. And that has, gosh, that's been since 2012. And now treats are the majority of our revenue. And Scout and Zoe have passed. Um, Zoe passed away in 2014, and Scout passed away uh, two years ago this October from cancer. So, um, you know, I'm driven every day to yeah. make the live pets globally as good and long and happy and nutritious as I can, you know, as healthy as I can by making the nutritious treats that we do. Yeah. And I think what a great way to remember them too, right? A great remembrance with the company and to, to keep it going in their memory. I think that's really wonderful as well. Yeah. They, they have a great legacy here because the, um, the treats and the chews that we do and now food were all inspired by things that they needed and dogs that we've had since them have needed as they aged. So they continued even as they age to, to show me things that I needed to bring to market. And now that they're gone, um, they continue to, to guide me from the bridge, you know, so yeah. Scout, Scout and our first German Shepherd Shotzi died from the same cancer 30 years apart. And um, now uh, I have a foundation that I started called Scouting for the Cure to fund the cure for canine cancer because they're really close and there's yes. a lot of promising research but it's been paused due to lack of funding. So on the one year anniversary of his passing last year, I received my 5013C, 501C3 status um, after just seven days. So, I mean, he, awesome. you know, they continue to guide me yeah. in everything they do. It's a great legacy. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, yeah, if you listen, they definitely, they tell you a lot and can lead you into great paths for sure. Now, what were you doing beforehand before you had the pups and you decided to do the antlers? What was your experience beforehand all this? Sales. I'd been in sales. I have a business degree from Georgia State University in Atlanta, and I'd been in sales forever and never did think that that accounting that they made me take twice uh, would amount to anything or that I needed it. But as an entrepreneur, that sales experience and all of the business experience really come into play because yes, if you, you can develop a great product, um, there are a lot of entrepreneurs that do that, but most of them don't know how to sell it. And I'm really good at developing products because I love to do that. And I'm really, really good at selling them. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's you have definitely two worlds that I feel like merge really well together because you're right. I mean, you can have a great product, but if you don't know how to 
talk about with people, show it to them, promote it and market it, it, you know, you might as well not exist. So I think that that's you went into it with two really important pieces, which is definitely helpful. I went into this to try to, it's like, oh my gosh, I can make a lot of money doing this. That was not the intent. Yes. The intent was to find solutions for Scout and Zoe. And I did. And it just so happens that they weren't the only dogs on the planet that have these issues or challenges. And I make a, a pretty comfortable living um, making dogs happy and making their yeah. families happy too, because the more sunsets the pets can have with their families that love them, the happier I am. And the, you know, you, you, it's just like with humans. If you eat well and you exercise, you'll live a long, happy life yes. for your puppies and your kitties and your horses or whatever pets you have. If you feed them well and you exercise them, and they'll have a long life. So we're, yeah, we're trying to do that. That's that's the mission. We're just trying to to give puppies and kitties and everybody the longest, happiest lives that we can. Amen to that. Yeah, I talk about that a lot in too, and I feel like there there are a lot of parallels with humans and pets. With like the way you take care of your body, I, I talk about that a lot. I'm very passionate about the pet uh, nutrition world, but also I am very passionate about the human world too so i'm always trying to get people to understand especially people that are already on track like in the human space where they're like yeah i take care of my body and nutrition's important to me but then they're like feeding like x y and z to their dog i'm like well you think of it like yourself like the way you treat your body like you know let that you know translate to your dog because it is similar we're not similar in all the ways but there's a lot of similarities there and i think people aren't always able to make the connection until you talk them through um you know, an analogy like that and help them understand that their bodies are, you know, similar where they need really good nutrition, high quality products, you know, less processed things, right? Like we've gotten so far away from, you know, natural products and into the process world. So, you know, I, I love to talk about that with our customers. When I see the light bulb go on, when they hear that and understand it, it's, it's very special. And it's, I feel like it gets them on the right path, which is always really, really awesome. So I'm glad We're that you brought that up. People like to think we are. I mean, yes. people, if you believe in evolution, mm -hmm. uh, we are descended from um, um, animals. Yes. So um, we, and, and in the fight for cancer, we're also, the, the parallels are very similar. So dogs and people, humans, are more alike. And I mean, with any any pet, whether it's a horse or a chimpanzee or a bird, if you feed them better and give them fresh air and exercise, they will have a happy, healthy life. Yes. Unless there's something genetically wrong with them or congenitally born with, you know, something wrong. If they, they're great, they're healthy when they're puppies, they usually are health, healthy and happy as, as adults. The exception to that will be um, cancers because uh, Scout, I gave him, and, and Shotzi too, I gave them the best food and the best care and the, all of the exercise in the world, and he still got cancer. So it had to be something environmental that I, I couldn't control. And when I figure that out, I'll let you know because yes. I'm working on it, just like bending the time-space continuum. I'm working on that too. So if I can be in That's two right. places at once, I'll certainly <laughs> do that. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> let me know yeah, if you get there. Yeah. When the it's you you can't you can't separate exercise and the quality of nutrition for any mammal or yeah. or 
plant because it's paramount. If you feed them crap, they're not going to live a long, healthy life. It's just yeah, no, just a fact. I love that. I love that you brought that up because it's so important to remember. Definitely, it's a it's good foundation for people to remember. Now, can you talk us talk about more about the foundations? Scouting for a cause. Yeah, can you Scouting tell us more about that? Scouting for the cure. Dot com, and so that if you there's a great sixty minutes on. Um, human and animal trials and cancer. And they actually highlight a dog and a woman who are having the same treatments uh, for brain cancer, I think. And I, I have this on my DVR and I watch it every now and then, but um, to have lost Shotzi in 1999 and Scout in 2013 to the same cancer, just, it was horrible the first time because we lost Shotzi in three weeks. Mm -hmm. And but to lose Scout, we knew better what the cancer was, but it didn't make it any easier because it's always 100% fatal. But there is very, very promising research now being done at Yale that um, has been paused because of the lack of funding. And it's my mission and that of the foundation to fund that cure and make that available in my lifetime. And I'm 65. So we need to hurry. I mean, I'd like yes. to live to 120 or at least to 100. So we've got some time, but I don't, I don't want any pet to have to suffer the way Shotzi and Scout did, and for any pet guardian mm -hmm. to have or their pet parents to have to watch them or manage that because it's heart wrenching yes. to have to try to figure out what your dog needs to eat when they won't eat or if the tumor is, is um, pushing down on their intestines and giving them continual diarrhea or having to feed them with you know, science diet urgent care because there is nothing else that will give them any nutrition or blending that with goat milk and broth right up and feeding it with a syringe. It's miserable. And then when the gut-wrenching decision comes to, you know, you know they're suffering and there is no cure to have to send them on their journey, it just, it just breaks my heart. Yeah. And, and this long after both of their deaths that with Shotzi, she taught me her passing taught both of us, my husband and I, cause we don't have any children. Mm -hmm. It taught both of us just how much our pets meant to us, just how much our doggies meant to us. Cause we mourned more for her over the period of, three or four days. I mean, we just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But we learned, we mourned more for her than we had for friends who had passed away. Yeah. Scout. He meant so every dog that I lose means more to me than the last because they're the ones that survived. And, and because I'm closer and closer to them because I do consider them my children. Yes. But when Scout passed, he was the last of the the reasons that I started the company and it just completely shattered my world for a long, long time. In fact, I, I almost start, I'm just almost starting to cry here. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't get any easier. And to know that you have to hold them and cradle them in their final moments when their heart's beating that last breath and they take that, that last beat and they're, taking their last breath, that they'll never come back. You won't be able to see them at the door tomorrow. They won't run in the yard anymore. And it's not because of something that you didn't do. Mm -hmm. It's for something that you had no control over. Yeah. Like a 
And if we can fund that and save any pet parent from the immense guilt and grief and any pet from the suffering that that entails, that's what the foundation is about. So the donation page is up. Donate early and often. Spread it far and wide because every every uh, we, we take donations, but a portion of the profits of Scout and Zoe go into the foundation as well. So it's it's our mission to stop this. Yes, to get rid. Definitely. And that, that was beautiful. Thank you very much for talking us through that. I know that's not always an easy topic, but it is obviously so very important and very important to you. And obviously, well, I think one of the reasons I'm sure which, which keeps you going, um, going on and helping all the other pups. So thank you for letting us know. And we'll definitely, you know, we got to spread the word. And yeah, it's important to talk about these things, even though they're hard, because other people, I think, you know, maybe sh they're struggling silently or they don't know, you know, what, what they can do to help. And, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful mission. So thank you. Th yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, can you tell us more about, I mean, I'm sure you probably connect a lot with, with people too, because of, because of that part that drives the, the business. Do you connect with a lot of other pet parents on that level about, you know, fighting f for the cure and they must come to you and like, be like Cindy, like found these treats, like, I found you, I, I love this. You must connect with people like your customers in that way. I do. I also, um, and, and as much as I dislike social media because I think it's yeah. a time sucker. Um, yes, oh yes, I, yes, yes. I know, I, just, I know. <laughs> it's, it's the current times, but whenever in these groups like the GSP groups or the Jeremy Shepherd groups or any of the groups that I'm on, if I see someone's dog has cancer and um, I know what's coming, I, I usually message them and say, you know, been through this, um, mm -hmm. happy to help, uh, how's your pup's appetite? And I, I send them, I don't ask them, I just ask about allergies at that point because sometimes you throw allergies to the wind uh, when the puppies won't eat anything. In fact, one night we gave Scout uh, spaghetti um, with <laughs> bolognese sauce on it because he wasn't eating anything Yum. and I figured it was better than nothing. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll send them treats and, and I, they don't pay for them and they don't know what's coming. But I, I, want, I just say, I want to send you something. And I send them a big a box of treats and food toppers so that they can have something in their arsenal that's different to try with the pups that are nutritious treats that will sustain some nutritional value. Um, or high nutritional value instead of, you know, kibble or whatever it is that the dog is eating because when they have cancer, it changes from one day to the next and from one yes. day to the next. So you have to have a lot of stuff in your arsenal, almost as, as much as we have available on, on this wall to, to try and then like boil eggs or scrambled eggs or, you know, give them a raw egg on top of their food or goat's milk or just i've been through all of that before mm -hmm. so i'm happy to talk to pets pet parents who have pets who are ill not just from cancer but from other things and um, i'm taking a certified um, pet nutrition course too so that amazing is at my at the back of my name to um say you know this this will provide these nutrients and this will provide those yes nutrients. i love that Here's diet. So the more well-armed I am, then pet parents don't have to take the courses themselves. 
they'll know that I've already done that. So I've already that, that they can trust what we do. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Ongoing education is so important, too. Yeah. That's great that you're doing that, because I think sometimes in the pet world, people maybe jump on trends and they just kind of, you know, kind of stay like flatline. But there's so much ever changing, especially with nutrition and, and the pet's health. And as we learn more, you know, it takes you down different avenues. So I, I always I love ongoing education. I do a lot of nutrition stuff myself. I love learning about it. Again, I love the pet world. I love the human world. I love to learn about it and just, you know, strive to be better and to yeah overcome all of these challenges that we have. And again, you know, going back to the Cancer Foundation and trying to, you know, be better and hopefully, yeah, find a cure. So I think it's really important for the, especially the companies that are doing it right to keep keep learning, like keep asking questions. So that's amazing that you do that. Do you find that your customers are receptive? Like, in th you're like, hey, like, I'm just going to send you stuff. Are they kind of like, like, are they standoffish? Or they're like, I'm sure they must be no, excited once they receive it. They're very excited once they receive it um, because they know that it's sent with a lot of love. And I, I normally put a, a note in there too from my pups um, with wishes that, you know, that everything's okay and that they'll feel better. Well, that's special, um, yeah. Even when we know sometimes that things are not going to be okay and that they're never going to feel better. So it's it's as much of giving the pet parent some hope as it is giving the pup some good nutrition. So there's, because I, I know how that feels and it's never easy, especially it's not like you're, when you're a child, you know, you can tell, especially after you learn to talk, you can tell your parents how you, how you hurt. Yes. Um, hurt my knee or my tummy doesn't feel good. Or I have, I have a pain right here. Well, a dog can't do that. So, or a cat can't do that. So I'm trying to um, hedge their bets, hedge, hedge the pet parents' bets by sending them things that I know will work. Um, it may not work from meal to meal, but at some point they will work. And it, it, I don't do it as self-promotion. I just do it as a, as a human being trying to help an animal feel better, yeah. help one of God's creatures feel better. And it's not, it's not mercenary in any way. It's, it doesn't come with a coupon that says, you know, if you buy something, you'll get 20% mm -hmm. off your next order. It, there's none of that. There's, there's absolutely no self-promotion in there as well it, at all. Instead of all I, the only agenda that I have in doing that is what's your address? We want to send you something that'll, that's for your, for your pup. Yeah. And that's, that's the entire agenda right there is that it's for the pup to make them feel better because I know what you're going through. Yeah. I love that. You're saying so many wonderful things. It's so beautiful. I love listening to all, all the things you're saying. It's really, really special. I didn't, you know, obviously we've only talked a few times, so it's so nice to kind of dive deeper and to understand, you know, about the company and like, you know, what really drives you. It's, that's really nice. Now, what is your protocol usually when you talk to the customer or like the, the person online, say you're meeting someone for the first time and you're in the, the chat groups and you like kind of ask them a few questions before you send products or do you know, like, do you have like a key few things you send them when the dog's like kind of in distress? It depends on what kind of distress they're in, because if it's um, cancer, you know, we're, we're doing Hail Marys with food toppers and really stinky nutritional stuff like tripe sticks. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's like a pancreatitis, it has to be something that's really low fat. Um, 
And then if it's you know, diarrhea, that's a whole nother kettle of fish that might be tripe sticks because it has the good flora, the green tripe sticks because it has the good flora from the lamb in it. So it really just depends on what is happening with the pet. Um, but I do ask them a few questions, especially the allergies, because I don't want to trade one issue for another. Mm, yeah. And I just, I don't want to send something to them that they're not going to use. And if, and also if they have other pets, because if they have multiple dogs, we want to make sure that the other dogs feel special too, because, you know, when, when one pet is sick, the other one kind of gets ignored or doesn't yeah. get as much. So I, I'm aware of that. And I try to make it to where the other pup is included um, by sending more than enough of, than, than just the one pup would have. And they usually are pretty happy of, about that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're making so many lifelong yeah. friends, which is nice, too. <laughs> yeah. So many people are so excited. Now, because you brought up allergies, which is such a hot topic nowadays, too, as people are learning more about that in the pet realm. And now that I know you, you do more nutrition stuff, I love that. I love talking about this stuff. I could go on for days. What is your take on, like, allergy testing? Because I feel like there's so many different schools of thoughts and there's you know, allergy tests now, there's ones for the humans, but now there's ones coming out for the pet world. Do you ever like use those when you're talking to people? Have you tried them yourself? Like what is your, your thought process on all of that stuff? I've had allergy tests for me. And when Zoe, uh, when her, we, when her allergies first manifested, they were just bumps on her abdomen and the vet automatically gave her antibiotics. And after mm. this happened three or four times, it's kind of like, yeah, it's probably not, it's probably yeah. not that. Yeah. So they sent me to an animal. That, actually, that's not true. They ran an in-house. Uh, they just there's a serum called Hesca. Uh, they're allergy drops that are um, I don't know how they I don't know. I don't remember how they did them then. But it, it was a waste of money because they had no idea what she was allergic to because they didn't run any tests on her. And then after that didn't work, I was referred to an animal dermatologist in Indianapolis. And he ran the same allergy test on her that they ran on me, where they, you know, they shave the, the dog's fur and then do mm -hmm. the prick test, like the 64 pricks. And she was allergic to a list like that, yeah. everything, <laughs> everything, but especially beef. And then when Scout came along, so then we did the allergy shots with her because we didn't do the drops at this point because they didn't have them. So we did, I did injections for her every Sunday. I could be a vet tech now. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we did that. And then when Scout came along and he was, um, after a couple of weeks on food, he would have this horrible diarrhea. And uh, we were waiting on some new food to come in. And I, he was watching me eat. He was starving. He was eating cottage cheese and something, rice. He was starving because he was a puppy. He was a German short hair puppy. And he was used to eating, you know, gobs of food every day. He was watching me eat and I thought, okay, well, I'll just boil him a chicken breast and feed it to him. Immediately got sick again. It's like, mm. chicken, I need to run a test on him. Yeah. Chicken. So what we found out was with Scout, all of the food, the high performance food had chicken and chicken fat in it. That was what was doing it was the chicken oh, yeah. fat. That's neat. They sneak so, that in. You got to be careful. Yeah. It's in everything. It's yeah. in everything. So once um we never did shots or allergen testing on him uh, or drops so once i found that out it's okay they're going raw and i switched them to raw and neither of them had any problems and in the beginning zoe was allergic to beef and scout was allergic to chicken but when i went to raw feeding 
I could feed them both chicken and beef, you know, what they were allergic to would kibble. And it didn't make any difference because in, in the raw food, because they were okay with it because it wasn't processed. Yes. Ziva, our current German shepherd has allergies. Um, and she is eating and, and she has a multitude of other problems, but kidney problems and eye problems and heart issues. So I am a vet tech, but the raw feeding has made so much difference for her and for Scout and Zoe when they were alive. And now with our puppies, we have eight month old German short hair puppies and there's something up with their intestines. So we're probably gonna have to do some biome testing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a real fan of a few of the allergy tests that are available commercially because I think the um, uh, results can be skewed and I, I don't know, we're, we're given Ziva, we did a blood test on her, which I think is far more accurate. Yeah, smart. And, and right now we have her on Heska drops. Uh, and so we don't do ingest, injections anymore, but Heska has been bought by, Ma, by Mars. So I'm not sure how long that quality will hold. Yeah. If Mars has its way, like it does with other things, it, it may not hold because, you know, they might cheapen the process or oh, yeah. less ways to do it and lessen the, the efficacy of their products. And that's my fear is that will happen because the drops are a great, a great um, substitution for the shots or the injections. But I don't know how that will work long term. I'm hoping that I can control her more with food than with allergen injections or, or drops because I, I'd rather do it through a natural source, a more natural yeah. source that I can control. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. No, I mean, if we're all about that too in, in the shop and what we talk to our customers about, you know, try to find the natural route first, you know, I don't, and it's a balance. Like it's not like conventionality. I'm, you know, in the vet world, I completely am against it. Just like when you automatically default to, prescriptions and like you said like antibiotics throwing an antibiotic at everything like to me antibiotic is like in death-threatening situations like in dire situations not to be thrown at like like an itch right. or like you know a little little scrape here and there so i think again that's another important conversation to keep having which i try to you know instill in a lot of the conversations i have with our customers um but it can be hard depending on you know where their mindset is if they're going you know to the conventional vet very often so Again, I love to always bring it back to like, you know, nature and natural routes. And like, I feel like 80% of the time that will do the trick and it might take a little bit longer, but not always, but it might take a little bit longer and more fine tuning and really maybe tuning into the dog and paying close attention. But, you know, I, I, that's what I'm all about again for myself and for the pets. Um, I just, you know, I hope that that's the direction that we're all going in. Yeah, I would, I would, I, I don't want to have, I mean, for me, when I go to the doctor, it's like, no, I don't want another pill. I don't want yeah. a pill. I don't want an injection. Just help me figure out the target or uh, where's my target. And then what's the cause, you know, what's triggering this. Absolutely. So with the, with the dogs, you know, a cytopoint injection might be immediate relief, but it's, you're just going to have to do it again. And yeah. I'd rather inject something into my dog. I don't know what it is, and I just, have, yeah. I just have a real issue with this. I'd rather, I'd rather it, much rather it be natural and mm -hmm. something that I can control 
and and know what it is rather than just blindly take somebody's advice because especially like on nutrition not all veterinarians are well versed in fact most of them are not and i have this current struggle with our current vet for the puppies is they're pretty much against raw feeding and they don't want us right now they're on kibble because we can't figure out what their issue is but i'm probably moving away from them because their their answer to everything is to throw a pill at them or uh, you know, to, to give them an injection. And I don't want to do that. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that at all. So yeah, the, the, you just have to question. It's, it's always better to question authority. Like my mom did it and then she was a nurse. She had great respect for doctors, but she, she was, uh, she was a pit bull whenever we, or my dad was sick, you know, she got her questions answered because she was not going to be, um, held back she wanted to know what she wanted to know. She was determined to know. And I still, I had that dogged determination too with with my husband, with my health and that of my pets. So we're all we're all pretty much in the same level. I, I don't leave a room, especially a vet office or a doctor's office until I have all of my questions answered. And I go in with a list. Yes. I'll let them know that if the list isn't, if it's not all answered, I'm not leaving. Yeah. 100%. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that goes back to like being an advocate for the pet. Um, and knowing that you can ask, you are entitled to ask those questions and you can do that. And that's okay. And you know, you should be able to feel comfortable. And if they give you pushback and make you feel uncomfortable for asking questions or like questioning what they're saying, if obviously, if there's a line of respect there, I mean, then that might give you the answer that that's not maybe the right vet for you, the right, you know, pet professional for you. So people often always ask us, well, where do you go to the vet? And I'm, I'm always willing to share that information, of course, because um, I do go to a holistic vet. But, um, you know, I say, you know, I give them the background too. like, you know, not all vets, the majority of conventionals do not train in nutrition. So that's, I think a lot of times where, where our piece of the puzzle comes in at the store, because we like to talk through, that's so important to talk through with the customers. But yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta feel comfortable asking those questions. It's, you should have questions most of the time, you know, unless they're giving you a whole slew of information. Um, but you know, questions are going to come up and don't, don't be shy, like be bold about that. Cause like you said, they can't speak. It's not like a child, even though they would be young, they can still talk things through about how they're feeling the pets can't do that. And it's important that we're able to stand up and that no one's feeling shamed for asking a question or getting like a lot of pushback on that. Cause that's not what it's about either. Mm-mm, it's not, it's not about that. I, I, you really have to be an advocate for yourself and for your pets Yeah, and for your loved I mean, pets are in my house, pets are a member of our family. So yes, we, I, I get all my questions answered one way or another. I get them yeah. answered. That's right. I love that. Strong woman. I love it. Um, Now, talk us through, like, I know you were doing raw. You've doing raw for years now. How did you start off with doing raw? Like, did you, because like now there's recipes you can get or like there's a lot more um, education behind it. But what were you doing at first? How did you kind of come to it? It was, um, it was not as easy. I remember (laughs) I (laughs) my Scout and Zoe, I remember the first time that I fed them anything raw, I just gave them a big, big patty of tripe, green tripe, green raw tripe. And they looked at it, 
seriously, you want us to eat that? And it's like, yeah, but I, didn't, I didn't realize that you had to mix other things in with it. And it's like, oh, well, that was a revelation. And, and as I learned more, they uh, thrived in, in a bigger way. And now it's so easy to do raw because if you don't want to DIY it, and there's so many recipes that you can use, you can use the bar formula, you can do a DIY that balances over time. You can buy ready raw. I mean, well, we have that product, but I mean, yeah. you can buy raw that's already done for you. Um, if you're on a modest, uh, from a modest price level to a really, really expensive price level. And, but the uh, for, for me, it was all about the gut health of the pups. And that's because Zoe ate poop and I didn't want her to do that. And I, and I also went around, so I picked up poop, but not just to keep her from eating it, but to see the health of their tummies through yes. their poop. So um, I could tell when somebody was having a flare up and maybe we'd put a little bit of something else in it, maybe some goat milk or some yogurt. And now, it's so easy. It's there is, unless somebody is just really intimidated in a big way, raw is very very easy because we've done we've done frozen raw before, and we had it up until COVID, and then we couldn't get it because our processor uh, didn't have the staff to do mm, it. Yeah, we back yet, but we will. But now we have the ready raw, which is a freeze dried product that we yeah. Tell us about that. I love it. Yeah, it's not on the website yet, but I introduced it at SuperZoo, and it's a box, a little clear box that has nine patties in it, and those nine patties, when they're rehydrated, um, each patty comes out to a pound of food, and you rehydrate it with water or low-sodium broth, and then put a bunch of love into it, and you've got your meal. You don't have to worry about putting vitamins in it. You don't have to worry about vegetables or fruits or minerals. It's all done for you. So it's for raw, raw feeders who travel, raw feeders who um, board their pups. Raw feeders, I'm not, I'm not going to include me in this, but raw feeders who mm -hmm. may have forgotten to thaw something out once before. We've all done that. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And then for people who would like to try raw, but have um, somehow gotten the impression that it's so difficult that they'll never master it, and they don't want to hurt their dog. We've taken all of that out of the equation. It's just like, it's here, there you go. And right now we have six proteins and we'll add more um, probably in the next couple of months because ultimately we'll have venison and kangaroo and a few other proteins that I, I can't remember right now. If In fact, if we could get it on a regular basis, uh, emu and ostrich would be great. But yeah the supply of that is really not good i'm sure it's not, it's not steady yeah has it become worse like after covid emu and ostrich are are tough because they only are harvested once a year oh, okay and if you're not in line for those products before they're harvested you don't get any and i you know we don't we don't have the facility to store stuff for a year nor would i want to so um, I don't really, we're going to have to think about that one because there has to be other ways around that. But we'll have a trout, we'll, we'll have kangaroo and duck and venison and lamb. But the emu and the ostrich, I'm really going to have to think about sourcing for that because that's the, that's the, the key to 
any successful product is that you have to have consistent sourcing. And if it's not a consistent supply, I don't want to bring it out because I don't want the supply shortages that COVID brought. And, you know, yeah. three years after COVID, I just don't want to do that. Definitely. Yeah. I'm so excited. She has emu and ostrich. And then one day they, they find out mm. that we can't have, it, we won't have it for another six months. I, I don't want to disappoint somebody like that. No, I mean, that's smart because COVID definitely brought a lot of challenges with the sourcing and obviously a lot of our favorite products, like they had a pivot or maybe it was out for months and then, you know, your customers can rely on a product. So I understand that. And I think that's really thoughtful of you. Now, what is your sourcing process like? So say you're like, I want to do a new product or do you, obviously sourcing is important to you and that's obviously I'm sure a staple to a lot of the backbone, but what, how does that, how does that go about? Like, do you find someone, do you talk it through? Do you, you know, how does it go? I usually have, well, I have several ingredient suppliers and then we have manufacturers all over the United States that make product for us. And I usually talk, start the conversation with the protein supplier, because if I can't get the protein, then the product doesn't work because it's, you know, it's 99% protein. So yeah. actually it's we're like 99.99% protein. So um, that's how the conversation always starts is what's the price for the protein? What's the supply like? And how quickly can I get it? You know, what's the delivery like? Because most of the time you get a landed cost, which means that includes delivery. And if it's really high, like there was one time last year, I think, where chicken just was absolutely through the roof. It was so horrible that I wouldn't pay that price for it as, you know, my cost for it. So there was no way that we could afford to, yeah. to do to continue that. So we had to pause it. And right now it's carrots. It's not a protein, it's carrots. Hmm. The way that we want them, they're, um, you would think that this would be a mechanized process on ribbons, slices of cap carrots, where it's just yeah. like ribbons of carrots. Well, that, that caveat right there really increases the price. So right now we have carrots in packages, but we don't have bulk carrots. And then with Asian carp, before COVID, we had eyeballs and organs and bladders. And after COVID hit, with all of the subsidies that people were getting for um, for not working, we could never get them again. So um, yeah. because those organ removals are manual, people don't want to do it. And it would cost a lot of money to get them. So right now they're on pause until we can find another supplier that's willing to do it at a reasonable cost. So the, the process for us, has, it has to be human grade, has to be from the United States. The only exception to that is our kangaroo that comes from Australia. Sure. Then, um, but it has to be human grade in U.S. So it's U.S. sourced and it's U.S. produced. So even the kangaroo jerky, even though it the kangaroo as a raw product comes from Australia, it is made into product here in the States. So we do have ultimate control over it. Um, but the sourcing for me is pretty easy because I've had, you know, I have contacts in the industry mm -hmm. from the past 13, 14 years. So it's, I usually can find it, usually can find something pretty inexpensively. Sometimes I have to pay a lot more for it than I want. And, yeah. um, when we get really expensive products like that, we tend to put them in smaller packages because like a two ounce or a one ounce package, because we want the consumers to be able to afford it. I don't want, I mean, the only exception to that is 
you know, it's like our frog legs. Those things are so, so stinking expensive. And <laughs> so but, funny, ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Little frog legs. But, but, you know, that's a great product. So if you're yeah. inclined, you want to give your treat, give a treat to your pet that's really unusual and has a lot of natural glucosamine and chondroitin in it. Plus it's an alternative protein. This is a great product. Oh yeah. But you would think, and you know, you just can't go out and scoop up a frog out of a pond. And yeah. Some, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Now I'd love to talk more about the treats because we're really excited. Our order is coming in, in a few weeks. So we're really excited to carry some of the treats. I love all the novel stuff you do. So that was um, definitely so intriguing for me when I came upon you. What are some of your like top products or like top sellers? And like, I, I think your treats also pair really well, obviously with like a raw diet too. You can add it in, you can give it as a treat, but I think you could probably add it into the bowl too. I'm sure you would probably agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at your order right now. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the tripe sticks are wonderful, especially the green, green tripe sticks, because you got the tripe bones, which is clean tripe, and you got the tripe sticks, which is green tripe. And what um, the difference is that one has been cleaned and the other one hasn't. So the, the tripe sticks, will, you'll find all of the natural flora from the intestine of the lamb in there. So it's super good. It's like eating yogurt for a person. And when we um, think about the, the uh, like the cat toppers that you're going to get, the catastic cat toppers. Yes. Or the, they have cats yes, up too. Cat, yes. Yeah. The cat toppers are, um, are the base of that is a black soldier fly larva. So it's a, an alternative, sustainable protein that's highly nutritious and really, really good for cats and for dogs. But the way that the cat topper is done, you are getting the salmon one. So it has the larva, the dried black soldier fly larva. Nutritional yeast is the other base because cats are obligate carnivores, so they don't need any carbohydrates. They only need protein. And then the salmon is kind of like the coup de gras, you know, the cherry on the top there. So it's just like your cats are just going to go nuts for this stuff. Yeah, it's like a super, and super food. The, yep. And then the trout heads also one is a single ingredient product. We love to do those. So the everything here that that you see on the wall and everything in our assortment, single ingredient or limited ingredient. And when it has limited ingredients in it, you can go to the back of the package and look at the product, um, look at the product ingredients and you'll be able to understand what they are versus buying like a big bag uh, of um, a big dog food kennel, kibble and looking at it and go, I don't understand any of this because I have mm. to have a bioscience degree to figure out what this is. With ours, you don't have to have that. It's either like trout heads, freeze dried yeah. trout heads or frog legs. Or if you went to um, like our uh, superfly jerky, it's very limited ingredients and it's just enough to make it bind. So it holds, holds tight together during shipment and while it's in the store and then just enough preservatives in it to make it shelf stable, but not enough to where there's never going to be any corn or wheat or potatoes or rice in there for fillers to stretch the recipe. So you'll, and that's the beauty of the ready raw too, is that while a lot of raw products um, tend to want to put the fruits and vegetables in there for you, because it's like, yes, yeah, it, it's, it might be more well-rounded, well but you might not be able to ha have it because if you look at it, you go, oh crap, the fifth ingredient is peas and my daughter's yeah. allergic to peas. 
So, you know, they can't have it. So what we've done is we put, especially in the Ready Raw, and we don't do this with any other product that we have. We've done a, a nutritional premix so that all of the vitamins and minerals are in there. And if you wanted to add green beans or sweet potatoes or blueberries or cranberries or something like that, you certainly could. But we've taken all of the allergens out of it so that you don't have to worry unless your dog is allergic to chicken or beef. Yes. Well, then you still have turkey or black soldier fly or kangaroo or rabbit. You know, you could have some other stuff. You don't have to have those two varieties. So the, the short answer is everything is very thoughtfully crafted to where, because I have the background in allergies with my dogs, and I know what it's like to have to peruse a label. We've made it really easy for pet parents to where they can go, oh, yeah, my dog can have this. There's not any issues. Yeah. Just by looking at the label. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so important to have clean labels. And I agree with you. Like when you turn something over, whether it be for you or for your pet, and you have this crazy long, huge paragraph and you don't know what half the words are, you should, you know, you should question that. Again, going back to you should, that should be a light bulb and be like, oh, that may not be the best option. So obviously I turn around a label, I see a product and I'm like two, three, fourth, you know, that I know what they are. That That's a no brainer for me. I love that. We love that in the store. That's what we try to carry the most of, obviously. Um, and I, I love that you do that. Now, do you have, I have a few more questions as we're wrapping up here. Do you have a favorite product? Like if you had to pick one thing, you're like, this is one of my favorites. It's probably hard because you have so many great things. It is hard. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think I, I mean, I love, I love all of our products, but I think if I had to pick a family of products, it would probably be the black soldier fly products mm -hmm. because uh, while we were first with the, uh, Asian carp body parts, um, the black soldier fly, we were the absolute first company in the pet industry in 2019 to do anything with black soldier fly. I introduced this in November of 2019 and nobody was doing anything with it. So I'm very, very proud of these products. And now we have the, yeah. the larva, the jerky, the food topper. We've got oil, black soldier fly oil for reptiles and amphibians. We've got super, super crisps and super dots. We've got the Black Soldier Fly Ready Raw. And um, there's a couple of other things with Black Soldier Fly that I'm working on. So I'm really, really, I'm really proud of myself for those because it's very rare in the pet industry, especially if you go to Super Zoo and you walk around and look, it's very rare to come upon something that's brand spanking new that nobody's ever done before in the history of the world. Nobody's yes. ever done and we, I did that. And that yeah. just to me validates that I'm where I'm supposed to be because I can think of something that is so, so out of the box that nobody's done it. Not even the big guys, nobody's done it. And I, I love to see them chasing their tails. Yeah. Right. So they didn't think of it and, and they're still not really doing anything with it. They're thinking about it. They're making moves to do it. Yeah. And it might be a commodity in two or three years, but when Mars or Purina or Science Diet does something with black soldier fly larva, we will have, we'll still yeah. have it. You'll be on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, we're moving on to like the next invasive species or the next sustainable species. So yeah, that product, that pro group of products, it hits on so many cylinders. It's environmentally friendly. It's sustainable. Yes. It's a protein. So important. We're cleaning while the bugs are, or feeding and growing it just and it's highly nutritious so yeah it's, it's, i love that it's a 
personally, I would love. But, but that's yeah. not true. Your dog's part of it too. <laughs> no, I love that. I love, again, I love novel things. I love everything you're saying. I feel like, I feel like you're like me, you're like in the middle of the night, you're like waking up, like writing down all these like good ideas you get and you're like constantly like tinkering in your brain. I feel like that constantly. I'm always like thinking about how can we do better? Like, how can I give more to the customers? Like, what can I think of next? Like, how can we step it up? Um, and I, you know, I've always been one of those people that likes to step outside the box and, and be different and think differently and ask quite, I'm like, I'm a question asker too. So I love everything you said. Um, this conversation went in a different direction than I thought it was going to go. And I love everything that we talked about. It's been really nice. Uh, but I always like to end on a fun little question to kind of bring it back and have a little fun with it. Now, Cindy, what is your spirit animal, but you can't say dog or cat. Like, what do you feel like embodies you as in the, in like the animal world? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I've always said that I thought my blood was canine. So, um, that if I, that's not, that would just be me as an animal, not a spirit animal, spirit animal. Probably an eagle or a hawk. Yeah. Okay. And the reason why would be that they're ever vigilant. They have their eyes. I mean, their eyes are always moving around and taking in everything around them. So they know the placement of everything. It's not like they're a type A and they have to have everything so, but maybe they do. <laughs> but, um, but they they soar. They um, and I've always had these wonderful flying dreams where I can just I'm talking to you, but it's like okay, we're done, and I just fly, I fly off, off. Yeah. And they and I love being outside, and they you know they breeze around on the thermals. And yes. I just I love that, and they you know they kind of sit up in the trees and watch everything that's going on, and they're they're just very aware and have. Uh, have a pretty simple intent you know it's to eat mm -hmm. uh, feed themselves to enjoy themselves and to um, be part of nature part of the bigger yeah. plan hey or a hawk i love that beautiful answer perfect answer i feel like yeah if we could all kick it back to those you know simple simple lifestyles that would be that would be great um well thank you again please tell people remind people again where they can find you your products please uh, mention the foundation again so they have all the information in front of them well, we are at, if you're not where you can get us at a local pet store like Wag Nation, Ooh. then you can go to scoutandzoes.com, and that's scout like a boy scout, so S-C-O-U-T-A-N-D-Z-O-E-S.com. You can ask your favorite retailer, if you're in a far-flung portion of the country, to carry our products. They would. That's a great way to get them in so that yes. uh, you can have them there when you need them rather than having to order them. But all orders on the website over $50 ship for free. And then the foundation, and oh, and we're at independently owned pet stores all over the country. We do not do business with uh, PetSmart or Petco or Big Boxes, Amazing. so you ever find us there. And um, the foundation is Scouting for the Cure. It's Scout, like a Boy Scout, so S-C-O-U-T-I-N-G for F-O-R, The Cure, T-H-E-C-U-R-E, and dot com. And the reason it's not scouting for a cure, it's scouting for the cure, the cure to cancer, not a cure, but the ultimate cure. And we we uh, implore you to uh, donate early and often yes, so that we yes. can stop these evil cancers from taking our beloved family members because they don't deserve it. That's right. They don't Absolutely. Know they deserve it. Yeah. 
Well, that was perfect. I think that's a perfect way to end. Thank you so much. It was so great speaking with you and actually getting to talk to you more and learn more about the business. And I feel like we're like-minded in a lot of ways. So it was wonderful. And I thank you again for being on. I hope we can do it again at some point in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. See you guys. Thank you again for listening to the WAG Station podcast. We're honored you joined us and hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to leave a review in your podcast app. Also, if you're local to the Rhode Island area, be sure to check out our sister store, WAG Nation, where we specialize in dog and cat natural foods, holistic nutrition, high quality products, and dog grooming services. The shop is located on Bellevue Avenue in Newport, Rhode Island. You can find more info at wag-nation.com. The info you heard here today is for educational and informational purposes only. Be sure to consult your veterinarian for professional guidance if needed. You guys rock. Catch you next time.